Well, we are in week two of our series called What in the World Am I Doing? Turn to somebody next to you and say, what in the world are you doing? We're talking about this idea of God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. We call it your core cause. And I want you to meet a couple people who are living that out. Uh, Bob and Debbie Hansen, give them a hand as they come. Bob and Debbie. As they're coming, I want to encourage you to go online and take the assessment. Um, in your seat there is a card. That card is for you, and I really would encourage you to give that to a friend where they can go online as well. Take this assessment. It's, there's five assessments, uh, and it's C-A-U-S-E. Last week, we talked about compassion. This week, it's abilities. We'll talk about UBU, which is your personality, and then spiritual gifts, and we're going to end the series with your experiences. Really, this is a game changer. This series is going to be a game changer in your life. I, I just cannot stress that enough. It, don't miss a week. Do not miss a week of this series. I, I believe that some of you, it is just going to catapult you into areas of your life you never thought were even possible for you. For some of you, it's going to awaken you that there's things you're already doing that you don't realize the impact that it's having, and you take it for granted. So uh, I just encourage you to be here every week. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to be here every week. That was not very enthusiastic, but I'm going to trust that that was legit. You're in the house of God, and you're now bound to that by the covenant of uh, the commands of God and Holy Scripture. And on Judgment Day, God will ask you about that commitment that you made. So, um, but that's up to you, however you want to live that out, whatever you want to do with that. If you're new, I'm kidding. I'm just some of you are like, oh my goodness, really? I'm not saying anything ever again. <laughs> what this church is like? No, I'm just kidding. So Bob and Debbie, I appreciate them um, sharing because they uh, were like, I am not getting on that stage. You are not putting a microphone in my face. Because it's not Bobby. It's not Bobby that was saying that. Bobby is the one I have to get the microphone away from, okay? So, but today we're going to be talking about uh, abilities and here in a moment, I'm going to talk about this, the abilities and what we think of when we think of abilities. But these two are really living this out. When we talk about serving the church and serving the city and kind of figuring out how God's wired you and what you're supposed to be doing, they're doing it. I want to tell you a couple things they're doing. One is when you go out and you look across the parking lot, you see a bunch of crosses in that field. That is a, a prayer trail that about a decade ago was opened up. Um, but was not maintained and eventually just went back to being a field. And Bobby saw that and he said, can I, can I rebuild that prayer trail? And so yesterday, a group of men and we gathered and we kind of opened that prayer trail and went around it and, and prayed. It, you got to go out there after service today is a good day to do that, to go over there to that prayer trail, walk that prayer trail. But sometimes when we think of, of abilities and the way God has geared us, we don't think of just what I do naturally with, with my hands, like building and constructing things, which is what you're good at, Bobby. What I want to ask you, though, is we talked about this idea of compassion last week, that God stirs us something up in us. Um, that thing lay dormant for like a decade. Nobody did anything about it. What was it in you that caused you to go, I, I want to rebuild that? I'll hold the mic. <laughs> yeah. I just saw it, and I had a vision, and, uh, you know, and then uh, Billy Ashworth and, uh, had come up to me, and he said, hey, what are the crosses out there? And I said, well, it used to be a prayer trail. 
And uh, he said, hey, we could, we could probably get that started again. And I said, well, I've been thinking about it. So him and his son, Brandon, and, uh, and thanks to Mike Martin and uh, Larry Tesma, or Tesma, you know, uh, we uh, put it all together. It's like no bid. There's, <laughs> there's no deal. Now, this is what's funny is that every one of us, would you say that's kind of a big deal? Like uh, when you see the signs and the crosses and concrete in the ground and benches and altars and all this thing, and they just, every time I talk to Bob, he's like, there was no big deal. No big deal. It is. It is a big deal. Now, Debbie, um, step over here, Debbie. Debbie, you, um, yours is different than, than Bobby, even though he put a shovel in your hand, which I don't know why he made you do that. Um, but you did it just for the picture. You're, for the, <laughs> you're dismissed. You can go sit down. So Debbie has this gift of just, she's an amazing cook. And we uh, started something, we just had it uh, last Wednesday, but about a year and a half ago, we started Core Community, and we started serving meals at Core Community. And uh, we met Debbie, and then Debbie said, well, I, I kind of like to cook. Could I maybe cook? And we said, sure. And, uh, man, if you were there Wednesday night, we had chili dogs that were off the chain. They were amazing. And so she is not only doing now Wednesday meals once a month, but she has then launched into some of the classes like plugged in class. She helps with meals with that. She did the men's um, conference. She did the women's event. And she's on and on. She's beginning to do this. What is it? Why? Meals, what is it that stirred up in you to go, I can do it and cause you to step out and actually get involved and, and start cooking like that? For me, the biggest part is you guys are my family, and it's like Thanksgiving, get to do it once a month, get to sit at the table and eat. Now, what would you say to those who are, because I'm going to talk about abilities that we have today, what would you say to those who are sitting there going, I have nothing to offer why should I step up? Why should I get involved? Why should I step out and, and do something for God? Because I've met so many people, builds relationships, and I just feel blessed. I mean, everybody has a gift, whether it's food or your hands, and always use help. Can you give them a hand? This is awesome. Thank you so much. I love our behind-the-scenes people because they hate getting the microphone in their face, but you need to meet them, and you need to see the difference that they're making. You need to see what, what, what is happening in their life. Let's get our Bibles, and let's go to the Word here. We're going to be in uh, Psalm 139, Psalm 139. That's right, if you have a paper Bible, right smack dab in the middle. If you don't have a Bible, we give them away for free. And you can get one after the service. Our uh, prayer team will be down here at the front. Just go to one of them and say, I need a Bible. Or you can go to our next step room after the service, and they'll give you a Bible there. They're free. Or if you have a mobile device and you don't have a Bible on your phone, you can get one at corechurch.com. You can download a Bible right there. And I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're in a mobile device, uh, go to the NLT. That way you won't be confused. So if you're new to Bible reading and you're like, I'm on here, but I have no clue. It doesn't sound like what I'm reading here. It's because you need to be in the NLT, the New Living Translation. That's the one I'm preaching out of today. So we're going to go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. This is a psalm written by David. And David lived before Jesus. And David is the famous one who killed Goliath with the sling and then became king of Israel. And we're going to start in verse 13. Would you stand and let's give honor to God's word as we read this morning. David says this, he's talking 
about God here. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You, ma- you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And think about that for just a moment. If you've never heard that before, some of you have been in church your entire life, you've heard this passage of Scripture before, but maybe you're new to church today. That is a crazy concept. God says to you, I knew you before you were born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God, your word is a gift, and we want to give it honor today. And so in these moments that we have to open up this precious book of yours, would you speak to us as your people? Uh, Would you help us to know something new about ourselves and something new um, from you? Church, I would ask you if you would, just let's just pray for one another, people in front of you and behind you. Pray also for your own heart that you be open to God and pray for me. I need your prayers. I want to speak what God wants. I'm just a man um, who has been put in this position, but I take this so humbly um, and with great fear and trembling to stand here and to speak God's word over us as people. And I need his Holy Spirit today. And I know when you pray that God will give me that gift to speak today. And so if we're ready to hear from God's word in Jesus' name, let's get a big amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, our mission, we talked about last week, our mission as followers of Jesus is to take the hope of Jesus into the pain and the suffering that's in this world. That's that's why we exist. That's why we are here. That's our purpose on this planet as followers of Jesus. But we talked about last week, each one of us has a part to play in that, a unique role that he has for us. You just heard some of that cooking or, or maybe it's using my hands for something or singing. There's all different roles that God has for us. Last week, we opened up the series. It's a five-week series, and week one was on the letter C in cause, which stands for compassion. If you missed it, you, you do need to go back and you need to listen to that so you can get caught up, okay? And that's on our website. But we talked about what compassion is. Compassion is joining together in suffering with someone else. That's what compassion is. It's, it is joining together and suffering with someone. In, in other words, we talk about this idea that God has birthed uh, something in you. There's an injustice in this world. There's a wrong that needs to be made right, and he, he has amped you up, and it's something that upsets you, or it's something that drives you, that you're passionate about. This is the question we asked last week, and if you weren't here, write this question down because you're going to want to wrestle with this, is what mess in the world messes with me? What mess in the world messes with me? That's the starting point for where we are headed. And so today what I want us to do is I want us to step onto the next one, which is letter A, and I want us to talk about abilities. And we talk about abilities, what I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. When I talk about abilities, I'm talking about natural talents, physical abilities, mental abilities. There's physical abilities There's natural talents that God has placed inside each one of us. Now, when we think about abilities, when we think about talents, we usually think, well, that's that's reserved for the elite in our society. 
Like there's only, you know, a few chosen ones, right, that get the abilities and the rest of us kind of have to sit back and watch. Come on, we all feel that way. I mean, it's like you, you envision, this is, what I, this is how I envision it, that you're, you're um, being created in heaven and you're in line, you're in the talent line, and you're standing there and, uh, of course, standing right in front of you is Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt, and you're like, great, looks like I'm not getting any legs or abs today. I mean, it's just you just feel that way because, well, let's be honest, Brad Pitt has amazing legs, so let's just be honest <laughs> about that. Or, or you feel like you're standing in line in front of Kevin Durant, and you're like, that explains why I'm not very tall and I'm completely uncoordinated. Like, they get it all, and you get just what's left over. Like, I feel like, for me personally, I think we each have somebody, I, I feel like, like Bruno Mars was in, in front of me in line. And so as I'm standing there, like, I get up there and I step up next in line, and God's like, yeah, uh, Uptown Funk, I'm not going to be giving it to you today. I'm sorry, yeah. Girls ain't going to be singing their hallelujah. I'm really, really sorry. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you tall and awkward. That's what I'm going to do. But all for my glory, son. All for my glory. <laughs> do, you ever, do you feel, who clapped there? Why do you clap? Yes, you are tall and uncoordinated. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I come here because I feel better about myself. Every week I see you on stage just stumbling around. <laughs> Blessings on you. All right. No, but I, I feel that way because I, I, my whole life, I wanted to be like a singer-entertainer. I, I, that's just what I always wanted to be, and, and I'll never forget when my dreams came to a crashing halt. Uh, they had this talent show at our church, and so it was like a pre-American idol, and uh, it was a kid's talent show, and I decided in that moment I was going to show off my ability to sing, okay? I, I was going to show the world what they were about to embrace, shabam. And so I, I um, picked a song, and this song will mean nothing to most of you, but some of you are, are like me. It was called Because He Lives. Okay, and so I was going to sing this song called Because He Lives, and it was a big song back in the day. And, and so uh, my grandma, she played the organ, and she was very, very talented. And so I remember I was like eight years old, and I remember going over to her house to practice. And so here she is at the organ, and, and she's playing her organ, and I'm, and I'm trying to sing because he lives. But, but God did not bless me with Chris Tomlin range, okay? Can the brothers give me a big amen on that one? Like, can we sing the song three octaves lower so I can sing? And, and so she starts playing this, and I start, I start singing. And I don't remember how many days or how many times we practiced this song, but there was a point in there where she just, she just stopped playing, and she just looked at me like, honey, you ain't got it. <laughs> Baby, you ain't got it. Maybe you should draw a picture or something. Maybe you should. <laughs> God, you know, like, like, yeah, he does live, but you're killing me. That's what. <laughs> Don't give me an awe. I mean, my grandma was being real. She was being legit in that moment. She, and I didn't take that hint. No, sir, I didn't take that hint. I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh, I'm coming back for another go-around. So a couple of years later, I joined the kids' choir, and I was in the kids' choir at, at, at church, and I was singing, and the, the, the choir director for the kids' choir, I don't remember who, anything about it except she just stopped in the middle of it, and she said, who is singing an octave too low? Sounds like a bullfrog in here. And that was me. And so ended my singing career. 
And I think we all can feel that way, right? Like you don't have any, you don't have any talents, you don't have any giftings, and at some point in your life, people said to you, "Be, you ain't got it." And so you just kind of took a back seat, sat back, and watched everybody else, thinking in your mind, "Well, talent, natural abilities, that that's reserved." For the elite and the chosen ones in our society, and the rest of us come to applaud them. That is not God's plan for you. That is not the way that God created you. In, in, in fact, we're going to look at David here in just a moment, but I want you to say something with me, and we're going to put this on the screen so we can all say it together, and I, I want you to say this with me, and I want you to write it down, okay? You ready? Here we go. I can be great at something because God's put something great in me. Let's say that again. I can be great at something because God's put something great in me. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I can be great at something because God has put something great in me. That's hard to say, isn't it? It's really hard to believe about ourselves. Yet David says that this is what God speaks over us, that God has put abilities in us. He's put them in us, natural talents. Let's go back to verse 13 where David is talking here to God. This is like a prayer in verse 13, and he says this, you being God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Have you ever ever started a project and, and you never quite finished it? You, no, you have me, I'm the only one. Okay, you know what I mean? Like you start it and you're like, well, that's about as good as it's going to get right there. Or you stop in the middle of it and you say, well, I'm going to pick that up later. You know, where you, you look at the project and you're like, yeah, good enough. That, that, that'll work. It's, it's functionable. And, and you just kind of just kind of let it go. I think that is how many of us feel when it comes to talents and it comes to abilities. Like God, when He was creating us, when He made us, as, the, as David says here, that He was creating us and He was making us in our mother's womb. That that God was somehow in that moment just saying, "Well, <laughs> good enough. Now this will be functional." I mean, that, as if God would look at us and it would be like a, a rush job or you're a, somehow an unfinished project. But David doesn't say that. David actually says, no, God knit you together. Um, I have a, a baby blanket I want you to see. Laura, bring me this baby blanket. This is some of you who've had children. You've been given a gift like this by somebody in your family. How many of you have ever had a grandma or an older lady in the church or maybe a great aunt or somebody that knitted a blanket for your baby. Anybody had that? Whoa, look around. Are we in the South or what? Man, this is, this is how you roll. Okay, so this one, this belongs to uh, my second son, Herc, and he does, he's going to be 25 this year, and he doesn't have it. It's in a keepsake box that Mama has, um, so he's going to be getting this. But this is made by Aunt Mary. And if you've been at Court Church any amount of time, you know how 
how I feel about Aunt Mary, just a beautiful lady, and she is a, the patriarch of our family. And she uh, would make a blanket for every newborn baby in, in the family, and this is, this is the one she made for him. And I envision that when she, when she was making this blanket, I have no idea how she did it, but I just envision when she's making this blanket, she's, she's thinking about my son. And she's thinking about what he's going to do in his life. And that as she's, she's knitting it, I just envision she's just sitting there and, and she's taking her time. Like she is paying attention to all of the details to make sure she gets it right. Like there's never a moment when, think about that blanket you have for, your, for one of your kids. There's never a moment where grandma or the great aunt or whoever it is, there's never a moment when they made it that they said, ah, good enough. No way, uh-uh. They spent a lot of time on the details of putting that thing together. I envision that, that she probably even prayed while she was making the blanket, praying over him. Listen, this is how God feels about you. This is how God created you. He thought about you. He paid attention to the details. He didn't skip over a single step. Every stitch mattered to God. This is why David says, you knit me together. You made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and put me together, knit me together in my mother's womb. There, there's nobody like you. You're not reproducible. That's what David is trying to say to us here is God didn't say, ah, good enough. You're an incomplete work. No, no, you, you matter to God. There's only one you. You're not reproducible. You have a unique DNA, a unique way you think, a unique way that you, you talk. Um, and, and, like, every parent understands stands this concept. Don't you? You understand about your kids. Think about your kids. You birth these kids. They come out of the same womb, but aren't every single one of them completely unique and different? Everyone, does that, that's crazy. This is like, it's the same assembly line, okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, whew. <laughs> is he saying what I think he's saying? Because <laughs> I am so, I'm not coming back. Same assembly line, same factory, same womb, completely different. Why? It's what David is saying here about God is each of us were created unique by God on purpose for a purpose. Write this down. My life matters. I need everybody to write that down. If you don't even take notes, I want you to write that down. Get your phone out, make a note. I want you to write that down. And I want you to put it somewhere this week where you will look at it over and over again. My life matters. Turn, turn to somebody around you and tell them, your life matters. Well, we need to speak this over each other right now. Your life matters. Come on now. Your life matters. Now, now look at them and say, my life matters matters. Life matters to God. Uh, I like what Rick Warren said. Rick Warren is the author of The Purpose Driven Life, the best-selling book next to the Bible, and, and he said this, there are no accidental children 
only accidental parents. There are no accidental children, only accidental parents. We need to eliminate that phrase from our vocabulary as parents and as adults. Uh, Oh, she was an accident, or he was an oops. Nobody is an oops. Nobody is an accident. Don't ever let that phrase come out of your mouth again, ever, ever. Think about what you're speaking over your child in that moment. I mean, I don't care if you had an accidental pregnancy. Hello? Some of you been there? Hello? Accidental pregnancy. Hello? But I can tell you right now, my kid is not an accident. My kid was birthed on purpose for a purpose. You're not an accident. Okay? I I talked about this last week. Go back, listen to the podcast. I talked about Esther. Esther, she was an accident. Okay? She was adopted. Her parents, gone. Don't know what happened to them. Scripture doesn't tell us whether they died or whether they abandoned her. And now she's being raised by um, a a relative. And and she was not an accident. Go back and read Esther, the book of Esther. And you'll you'll learn that it says in there that the Mordecai, her adopted father, said this. You were made for such a time as this. You were made for a time like this. Like, let me speak that over you. Like Esther, you were made, you were created by God for a time like this, for this moment and this time and this place. Can you just say amen over that? Man, that's just so true. Listen, if it weren't true, okay, if, if, if that wasn't true and you weren't needed, God would have never made you. That's why we ask this question, why am I here? What's what's the point of uh, uh, of life? God didn't have, oops, God doesn't have accidental children. (laughs) God went, whoa, where did that one come from? I did not see that. I don't know what to do with that one. You know what to do with that one? I don't know what to do with that. They're just going to walk awkward and talk funny. That's just that God can't give them. No, God's not that way. He made you. He made me. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're needed. Come on, we're going to speak some things over people today. You're needed. Turn and say, you're needed. Now turn back and say, I'm needed. We are all needed. You're needed in this. You're, listen, you're needed in your family. I don't care what they're speaking over you. I don't care how dysfunctional and disjointed and jacked up your family is. I don't care what your parents have spoken over you. I don't care what your children speak over you. You are needed in that family. You're in that family by design. God created you to be there. He needs you. You have abilities. You have a talent. You have things God's put in you for your family. You're in this church family for a reason. Listen, the one, the, sometimes the worst thing we can do, oh, come on, I'm going to get on a soapbox now. All right, here we go. Listen, the, one of the worst things we do in our American culture is church hop. Moving from church family to church family. Now, I know there's times that God calls us out of churches. He calls us to move to another church to help that body, to equip that body. I'm all for that, but I ain't all for that church hopping thing. Like, I'm going to divorce this family, I'm going to remarry over here, and then I'm going to divorce them, and I'm going to remarry over here. I'm going to divorce them, and I'm going to remarry over here. That's what we do in American culture. 
You don't see that in a lot of other cultures. Like they, they live in a village or a town. They go to this church, and that's where they spend their time. That's what they do. But why? Because they recognize they're a family. You're here in this church, not by accident. You're here by God's design because you have talents and you have abilities. You are needed here. And you may not think that. You may think, well, I just come on a Sunday. I just sit in the seat. That's what I do, and I don't really. You know, listen, you weren't created to sit in the seat and watch others perform. You were created with a purpose in mind. God needs you in this church. God needs you in this city. Our city is broken. Oh, it, it looks like it's okay. This is the worst place in the country to live because it doesn't look broken. It's Jesus Disneyland. There's churches everywhere. Everybody, everybody goes to church, don't they? This is the hardest place to reach people for Jesus because everybody thinks they have Jesus. Yet they're broken, there's pain, and they're suffering, and, and they need Jesus. Listen, God has put you in this city. You're in this city for a reason. Embrace it. You're around the people that you're around. I embrace those people. You're needed. Deep down inside, all of us want to believe that. But most of us don't. I want to believe that. I know that's what you're saying. I know that's what you're saying. Man, I, I want to believe that, Pastor. I believe that for the person sitting in front of me. I believe that for that person sitting down the row from me. Like, look around the room right now. Look around. Look around. You're looking. Look, look around. Just make it awkward. Let's just be awkward. Just look at other people right now. Look at it. If you're single, check out some people right now. This is your opportunity to check some people out. All right. I, I'm, I'm sitting over there next week. That's where I'm sitting. Woo. Mm, girls, sing your hallelujah. <laughs> we look around and we think everybody has got talents, everybody's got abilities, and, and I don't believe that for myself. That's why we need to say this again. Let's put it back on the screen. Let's say this together again. Here we go. I can be great at something because God's put something great in me. God has placed greatness inside all of us. And what we've got to do is we've got to begin to discover who we are and why he made me and what my purpose is and what part I play in that. That's why we created this core cause assessment. You go online, there's, there's a quick one you can do. It takes like 10 minutes or you can do all the five assessments that we have. There's one for compassion we talked about last week, discovering your holy discontent. This week, go online. There's one on there for abilities, discovering your abilities. Now, let me pre-warn you, you're going to do the abilities assessment, and you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated because, one, you're, gonna, you're not going to come up with any, or, two, the ones you come up with, you're going to go, really? I got that one? Like I was talking to somebody this week. This is one they got, cleaning. They're like, cleaning. I got cleaning. But I was talking with them and, and about that cleaning gift, and I said, what's interesting about you is you come into a room or a situation or a problem, and you know how to clean it up. Like you know how to fix things. You know how to, something is just jacked up, messed up, doesn't look right, things are out of place, and you have this unique ability to put things in place so they make sense and so things are in their proper order. And so what's going to happen is you're going to go online, you're going to do the abilities assessment, and, and you're going to get frustrated. Don't expect to learn your abilities in the next 10 minutes. 
Don't expect that you're going to go online and you're even going to learn them in the next five days or the next five weeks. I think sometimes as you begin to discover your abilities, it could take a decade or longer of you working these things out and trying to figure them out. But God has put them inside of you. And David believed that. David believed that he was knit together. He believed that God somehow thought about him, that God had purposes and plans for his life. And I think that's why he responds this way in verse 14. In verse 14, he says, let's say this together. Thank you for making me. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. Have you ever told God that? Have you ever told God that? Thank you for making me? And most of the time, isn't it true, we say, God, why did you make me this way? Is that what we say? Like, you know, I'm, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I, I'm too this, I'm too that, I, I don't have this talent, I don't have that talent, I'm not good at this, I don't have enough hair, I have too much hair, I have black hair, I have brown hair, I have, I have this, I don't have that, and all these different things that we say over ourselves, and we don't think that we have any talents or any giftings at all. You know, I'm uncoordinated. I'm not smart enough. The list goes on and on and on of things we speak over ourselves. We all have something we don't like about ourselves. Isn't that true? Like, you have something. I've already told you what mine was. I want to be this singer, and I can't sing three octaves high enough to, to get that song out of me. That's mine. What, what's yours? What is it you'd say, man, I, this is the one that just, ah, oh, this is the one thing I don't like. What is it? I want you to think what it is. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to share that with somebody next to you. What is it? Go ahead right now. Just take a moment. What is the one thing you don't like about yourself? Okay? This is the one thing that I just, man, this is the thing for me. This is mine. Okay? Take a moment. I'll give you a second. It might be your voice, it might be the way you walk, it might be that you can't sing, I don't know, I don't know what it is for you. Now, here's what I want you to do, I want you to turn and I want you to say this to somebody right now, God's workmanship is marvelous. Come on, turn and say that, God's workmanship is marvelous. Now I want you to turn back and say it, say it and you gotta say it like this, don't I know it, don't I know it. Doesn't that just feel awkward, isn't this, wasn't this just, you're like, some of you, this is your first time here, you're like, do you guys do this all the time? Man, this is just awkward. Listen, these are things, I'm having you verbalize things today, a couple things I want you to, to take note of right now. There's things I'm having you speak out loud that you've never spoken about yourself because you don't believe it about yourself. And what I'm having you do in this moment is verbalize what you tell yourself all the time over and over and over and over again. And it is just beating you down and beating you down and beating you down and beating you down. Do you think that's God's voice? Do you really think that's how God speaks over us? No. I mean, just think, what did David say here? I think God says this, my workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I'm being honest, it's hard sometimes to believe that. It's hard to, to, to own that, but it's so true. God's workmanship is marvelous. I mean, we, we see this in everyone else. We, we notice the talents and gifts that they have that, that I don't have. Oh, they're a good, oh, there's old Bobby. Oh, Bobby, Mr. Do-it-yourself. Just put together a little prayer trail. Good for him. 
I mean, you, when you think about, like me, when I see what he did out there, there's no chance I could do that. I mean, at best, I would repurpose the sidewalk. That's the best I would get. It would be a prayer sidewalk. And I'd have, like, cardboard signs, you know, and it'd be, like, at the crack. And you'd be like, step over this crack and remember your separation from God and your sins that are forgiven in this moment. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all I got. I mean, I, I can't, I don't have that. I don't have that. And maybe it's like interior design. Somebody has the gift of interior design, or somebody can sing, and you can't sing, or somebody can speak, and you, you can't speak. There's, there's all these different gifts. And instead of celebrating other people, we become jealous of them. We become bitter towards these people, and because we feel like we've been forgotten. And then we struggle and then we feel like God has somehow left us out, and we become insecure, and we become very unhappy to be around. Here's what I want you to know of this, is you'll never celebrate the talent in others until you have confidence in your own. You will never celebrate the talents and the abilities of others until you have confidence in your own. See, those who, have ta- those who have confidence in their talents and abilities can celebrate the talents and the abilities of others because they know that's not mine. That's not what I'm good at. I have this that I'm good at, and they're good at that. But the people who pick on other people in society and try to bring them down and try to talk them down and, oh, they ain't got that and they ain't got this, all they're trying to do in that moment is dink, 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 knock them down to their level so they feel better about their inadequacy. I saw a video that went viral recently. It was this kid at a Rascal Flats concert. You might, may have seen this. as like six, seven million views on YouTube. And it was uh, right before Rascal Flats was supposed to come out, and this kid started dancing. Watch, watch, watch this. People, get out, people are getting out their phones. They're, they're videoing. He's got the whole crowd in the palm of his hand. Rascal Flatts is backstage wondering what's going on. This kid is owning the concert, and then this happens. The spotlight hits him. How awesome is that? And he just goes on and... I like how he's trying to get the other guy to join in, but the guy's not having any part of it. He goes out in the aisle, and he just keeps dancing. Rascal Flatt's supposed to be the star of the show. Who's the star of the show? That kid right there. Why? Because he has confidence in who he is. Most of us will look at him like, well, he's too dumb to know. He's too young. None of us would ever do that. You have a video on YouTube that's got six million views? I don't think so. But this kid does. And, and, and what, I, what, I, what I see in that is that what we've got to learn to do is embrace the abilities that God's put in me. This is what David does in this moment. David here, he's embracing who he is. And sometimes you've got to embrace who you are, and then you've got to step out in the aisle, and you've got to dance with the talents that God's given to you. Dance with the abilities that he has placed inside of you. The world defines greatness, being great. Because I think God has put greatness inside each of us. But the world has a jacked-up definition of it. The world defines greatness as being the best. That's greatness. you got to be the best. The problem with that is you're never going to be great because there's always somebody that's a little bit better than you. I don't care how good you are. There's somebody that's a little bit better than you. 
I'd like for you to write this down because I think this is how God defines greatness. God has put greatness inside of you. And here's the greatness he's put it. Here's what greatness is, is doing my best, being my best, okay? The world defines it as being the best. God defines it as being the best, or excuse me, being my best. In other words, using the abilities he's given to me to the best of my ability. That's all God cares about. I put it in you, give it your best. If you give it your best, that's greatness. That's what I want for you. Look at verse 16. I, this is what David says here in verse 16. Let me say this first. When, when, when you step out and you embrace who God created you to be, what, what's going to happen is God is going to shine the spotlight on you. He's going to take a spotlight and he's going to put it on you. I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know when he's going to do that. But people are watching you. When you use your abilities and your talents for God's glory, people see that in you. And they want to aspire to that. And that's why David said this, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God creates moments where he wants you to shine bright. God, God creates moments where he wants you to step out into the aisle and dance. God, God has pre-designed moments for you and moments for me where his light will shine upon us. You've been given gifts, talents, abilities for his purposes and his plans. So, you can sit in the crowd and applaud others as they use their talents and abilities, or you can get up and you can step out into the aisle and you can begin to dance in all your awkwardness. People watching you, but I'm going to do this because I believe this is what God has gifted me to do. Let's just say this one more time together, and let's believe it together. I can be great at something because God's put something great in me. Let me pray for you. God, we are humbled that you would choose us, that you would put something great in us. And in this moment, would you just speak that over us, Father? We're your kids highly favored and we're loved by you. I'm approved, I'm accepted, and I'm loved by God. If you're a follower of Jesus, I, I just want to ask you today, maybe you struggled understanding your, your talents, understanding your abilities, but you say, I want to I begin to unlock my talents and my abilities, and I want to use them for God's glory, for him to be glorified in this world. I, I understand God He's, Jesus has come, the hope of the world, to bring that hope into pain and suffering, and my talents and my abilities can play a part in that, and I want to be counted in that. I want God to help me to discover those. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you today? Thank you. Hands everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Hands down. 
for some of you that are followers of Jesus, and I won't even make you raise your hand because it's going to be too hard to do that, but you just have struggled to believe in confidence that God has put talents and abilities inside of you. Your confidence is at an all-time low, and you just say, man, Brad, I just am struggling to even believe God could use me. Could God really use me? Yes, he could use you. In this moment, I just want you to just pray this prayer. God, help me to understand the talents and abilities that you put inside of me. Help me, God, to believe. Help me to believe that I could do something great. Help me to believe that there's greatness inside of me. I believe the way in which God can unlock that for you as a follower of Jesus is if you fully surrender everything to him. If you really want to come alive in Christ, if you really want to know your talents and abilities, give everything to him. Say, I fully surrender to you. I give up my sinful nature. I give up my sinful ways. I I give up my selfish desires. I give up my way of using my talents and abilities because they weren't given to you for you. They were given to you for the world, for the world. And so today, maybe you would say that, man, Brad, help me. I want to, I want, God help me. I want to surrender fully to him today as a follower of Jesus. Would you raise your hand? Today I'm fully surrendering to him. I see you here in the middle, all the way in the back. Anybody else? I'm, I need to fully surrender right here in the front on the side. I see you. God help these people today as they are fully surrendering their life to you, to use their talents and their abilities for your glory. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus greatest decision you can ever make in your life is to follow him. Maybe you've never, ever made that commitment to follow him. Or maybe you did, it was a long, long time ago, but you drifted from that decision. You haven't been following him. Would you say today, I want to come back to him. Man, Brad, it's been a long, long time, and I've forsaken God, and I want to come back to him, and I want to live for him. God says your sins can be forgiven through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? It simply means that I know that I'm a sinner. I'm willing to confess my sin to him. I'm willing to own it, and I want to give it to him, knowing that Jesus on the cross paid the price. I don't have to pay for it anymore. My guilt and my shame, it can be gone. And his life that was crucified on the cross and risen again, it's through that that we discover who we are. He wants to bring you alive in him through his talent, your talents and abilities, but it begins with this relationship with Jesus. So today, if you would like to make that decision to follow Jesus for the first time, or maybe to come back to him after being away for a long time, I won't embarrass you. I just want to know who you are so we can pray for you today. Would you just raise your hand? I'm coming to Jesus today. Thank you right here in the front, in the middle. Anybody else? I'm coming to Jesus today, or I've been away from him for a long time. I want to come back to him. Just raise your hand so I can see you. Look up at me. Anybody else? Today I'm coming to Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you have some friends that are far from God that you want us to remember in prayer today and that God would also help you to be bold in your faith. Would you raise your hand? Just, Pastor Brad, I have some people that are far from God and I want to pray for them. I want to see them come to know Jesus and I want God to use me. God, thank you so much for your salvation. We pray now for those who are placing their faith in you or coming back to you, God, that that you'd help them to know their sins are forgiven. They are remembered no more. As they confess them to you, God, you say, it's gone, I don't remember it. I'm taking it away from you and I'm placing my spirit inside of you. 
And now I'm going to make you alive in me. God, we admit that we don't understand how all of that works, but we know and believe in faith that you do make us new. That you take the old and you take it away and you place something new inside of us. God, for our friends and our family that we're praying for, for those who've raised their hands, God, would you make us bold, give us opportunities, bring people across their path that are also followers of Jesus. Help us to be ones who will plant and water. Help us to plant and to water in the lives of people. To you be all glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Yeah, we give God a hand clap for that. Well, one last thing I'd like for you to do is grab a next step card. These are a real important communication tool for us at Core Church. Helps us to know how we can be praying for you, um, how we can come alongside you. We wanna help you in this journey. So if you made a commitment to follow Jesus for the first time, write that on this card. We also have a, a, a next step packet that we wanna put in your hands. It's got a new believer Bible in it, some other materials that we wanna make sure we give to you. Uh, and your next step is to be baptized. If you've never been baptized, we would love to baptize you. Uh, we've been doing a lot of baptisms in, in 2016. If you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, let us know. We want to help you take that next step. Say, man, I'd love to be baptized. We can do that as soon as next Sunday. Also, if you've identified an area in your life that you need to surrender to God or maybe you fully surrendered to him today, um, place that on here as well. We want to be able to come alongside you and pray for you as well. Any prayer request, you can put that on here. Whatever prayer request you have, hey, let us know. I, I want to tell you this, that so many times... Um, people are walking alone. You come to the prayer prayer team or you come to us and you say, hey, will you pray for me? And I'll say, hey, have you filled out a prayer card? And you're like, uh, no, I forgot to do that. Our prayer team prays every day for the next 30 days. We'd also like to know where God answered prayer. Uh, I was talking to somebody just before service and I said, hey, we've been praying that, you, that I knew you'd lost your job. Did you find a job? And they said, yes, amen to that. Amen to that. We want to celebrate with you. We want to give God honor and praise for answered prayer. So you can write those on here as well. And then make sure if you, by the way, if you call Core Church home and you've not gotten a brick on that wall out there yet, and you, you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've recently made that decision or you've been baptized, after the service, go to the next step room, get your brick. We want to put that on the wall, write your name on it. We want to celebrate with you. So we're going to close our service with a time of celebration time of prayer and a time of communion. Uh, if you're new to church, communion is this time where we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here in a moment, we're going to come forward. We have tables here in the middle and on the side. Let me explain communion for those of you that are, are new to communion. Communion is where Jesus himself said, hey, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. I'm getting ready to die for the sins of the world. The disciples didn't understand that. So he gave them a symbolism to remember it. And the church has practiced this now for 2,000 years cup represents his blood. We come to the table to remember it's by the blood of Jesus and Jesus alone that my sins are forgiven. The bread represents his body, which was given for us. Died a human death, raised again on the third day. We come to the table, we take the bread and recognize and realize as followers of Jesus, the reason I have breath, the reason I have life, the reason my talents and abilities will be come manifest in my life is because of Jesus.